0: The Pro Wrestling Ball. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm, along with 300 photos from the, the independent, independent scene. scene, taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com.
1: WrestleVille, it's where wrestling
0: lives.
1: You got Susan Tex Green, and you're listening to the Wrestling Bill Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Russellville podcast. I'm your host, Vinnie Berry, and today's guest is Susan Tex Green, professional wrestler from Texas and South Carolina. How are you? I'm doing great, Vinnie. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so glad to talk to you. I've been wanting to talk to you for quite some time, and to have you on my show is quite the honor. And I know you have a ton of stories to tell you have a rich history in the sport and uh just go ahead and give us a brief introduction of your your career and when you started
1: well I, I started in June of 69 training and then I had my very first match in, on August 13th in 1969 which w- w- was my birthday you know Joe Blanchard trained me uh there in Corpus Christi and uh, uh he thought it was a, a wise birthday present and of course uh, all my family went to my first match there in Victoria, Texas, and it cost more for my family to, to get in than I made that night. <laughs> so, uh, but my family supports me, uh, everything I I did with wrestling and my mother was my personal. Uh, she said there and said she wasn't a seamstress, but she sewed every jacket that I wore to the ring. So, uh, you know, my, my jackets were personal because my mother made them. And I, I guess the one that I, I still currently wear to the ring most of the time is the one that she made me back in 1972. And, and I still find it being the most, my most favorite. Uh, I went told Joe Blanchard and whenever I was gonna graduate in May of 71 that I wanted, you know, full-time wrestling. And he had introduced me to Vern Gagne and Gagne had said that he could use me, you know, maybe six weeks out of a year uh, up in Minnesota, but you know, he wasn't a full-time promoter for wrestling, although he had Vivian Bashan up there and all. Uh, oh, and then Don Owens over in Portland, Oregon said a couple of weeks. So he said to go full-time, I would have to go out and wrestle for Lillian Ellisor, which which uh, after I was there for a month and standing across the ring when I was supposed to wrestle the fabulous Moolah. It turned out that Lillian Ellisor was the fabulous mula. And I don't know when she changed her last name from Ellisor to Ella son, but it was sometime after I got there in in 71. And I'll say that it came, it was after I came back in 75 uh, because I'd left uh, for a short time. Uh, and and uh, well, I left for about four months and, and I drove a tractor trailer across country and, and wrestled for Mildred Burke because I would be down in San Diego and I called Mildred and I said, if you got got someplace you can send me for a week, I can wrestle, you know, and, and she'd send me over to Japan for a week or down into Mexico for a week. And and uh, she talked to Sam Mushnick, uh, which she retired with the NWA women's champion uh, and also the Midwest um, California championship, women's championship. And then whenever I, I was able to get matches for, the Round in California or Arizona or something, you know, I would defend that belt when I was out there that she, because Sam Mushnick said that you think she can, can defend defend it the way that you defended it back in the day. And I uh, said that she's the only girl that I know that can defend it. Although she had her own girls, you know, that she trained. Uh, and uh, then when I went to back to Moolah, uh, you know, I ended up giving her belts back to her and she said, you know what? Yeah. And I thought, well, they're your belts. They're not mine. You know, I, I did defend them. But when I was in Japan, uh, the few times that I was over there for Mildred, they told me I was going to drop the belt. And, and and I said, well, I didn't get the word from Sam Mushnick and I didn't get the word from Mildred that I was supposed to drop it. And I'm only here for one time. So, you know, when am I supposed to win it back? And and uh, they would try to take it, but they would find out that I was tougher than them because, Danny Hodge on the side would work out with me and and show me how to defend myself and and the shoot and and the hook people or the where and hooking somebody the more they wiggle the worse it hurts you know I whenever I'm training somebody and they they smart often I'll hook them and say all right now get out well the more they wiggle the worse it hurts you know and uh, you you shoot on them well the thing is it's basically you're out there and you're going to hurt them and and put them down and then it's going to be over with. So, you know, I can basically do all three. I can work, I can shoot, I can hook, I can do whatever you want me to do with whatever I have to deal with. And down in Mexico, uh, the same thing. Uh, uh, When I started in 69, promoters like to see the women fight it out they'd sit there. And and, and if you look back how, how jerky and and unsmooth things were, it was because they were going for the win. Whenever the promoter would say, you know, stay in the ring for at least 10 minutes. And after that, the better girl wins. Well, Joe Blanchard would sit there and say the better girl wins after 10 minutes or after five minutes Well, the girls that I'd be or the women that I'd be fighting here I am 15 years old fighting these 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds and some of them, you know, Kay Noble, uh, Barbara Galento, uh, they, they'd, they'd wrap me up where I looked like a, a, a pretzel. You know, I was bent and twisted around and, and pinned and, and it wasn't nothing I could do. And, and I, I learned after the fact, after I'd been around and I went back and I said, whenever you told me I could run, that's when you wanted me to go go the time limit. You know, uh, because if he wanted me to go 15 minute time limit, the promoter would sit there and say, I think you better start running.
0: Susan, what a lot of people might not know is that you wrestled with a lot of women of your time, and you and the women uh, that you wrestled with kind of set up what professional wrestling is for women today. Would you agree or disagree?
1: I'd agree. You know, we're the ones that. Made it where they got it where it is now, you know. I mean, uh, uh, today's women, uh, I don't think any of them but a couple could do what we did, uh, back in the day. And 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 I can, I myself, I know that I wouldn't go doing two and a half flips off off the top rope and be praying to God that somebody's there to ch- catch me whenever I fall, uh or I go to land uh, because I, you know, I, I wasn't taught to jump off the top rope and I wasn't taught to, I mean, I, I I did do the, the big splash off the top rope and, and, and won a few matches with that, uh, which I was the only girl at the time that did that back in the sixties and seventies.
0: What do you think that wrestling for women has gotten so popular because When you were wrestling, and when I started watching wrestling, about maybe 15 years after you started, women wrestling wasn't very prominent. Describe what it was when you started in
1: 1969. Uh, You'd drive two or 300 miles one way to make $25, turn around, and pray that you had enough money to get back home. Or pray that your car didn't break down, and of course I was still in school, so I was traveling with my family, so I I was always safe. Uh, uh, nowadays, you know, they're they're they make two hundred thousand dollars, and 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 you know that Uncle Sam is looking at them. Well, Uncle Sam didn't look at us because we didn't make enough money. You know, uh, uh, some of the girls I know didn't make ten thousand dollars a year. You know, some of them didn't make seven thousand dollars a year. Uh, um because they just weren't they didn't have the ability to do the wrestling and and you know it, it was in their heart uh, uh a lot of them that went to mullah's, they were there to find a husband and and get out of it you know uh, and and a lot of them did you know uh they got there uh, they found somebody to marry and then moved on now you look at the people that are making two hundred thousand, I sit there and said, you know i i, I Maybe I I wouldn't show my body the way the, the ones showed whenever Sable was around, uh, no matter how much money they wanted me to make.
0: And when I was when I was talking to you uh, last week, you had mentioned that there was only a like thirty seven women
1: wrestling
0: yeah. around the United States. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. was? Tell us about that, and and tell us, yeah. uh, was it just because of the 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 time that you were living in that maybe the just the, the way that women were treated during that time in our country?
1: Yeah, it, it was that, and wrestling was not considered a woman's job. It, it was not the way that you should be making the living, and and who would want to marry a wrestler? You know, uh, you you wasn't going to find no husband. Uh, uh, and 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 all, uh, but but. Once again, the the thirty seven of us that that you know by the time we 26, 27, they were out of it because they found a husband or or, or found another you know, profession to go into, um, and 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 do something else. You know that that was less physical on the body. Uh, I, I I'll have to sit there and say all, all my serious injuries have come from me being out of the ring when I'm working a normal job. Nothing, none of my, you know, I've had my ribs broke, my teeth knocked loose, my nose broke, uh, shoulder separated, but that that's just considered minor injuries. You know, I got uh, I had my tendons tore in my knee and and couldn't even wear a brace. Had to hobble out to the ring because they didn't want us. Back in the day, they did not did not want the women to wear knee braces or elbow pads. And I said, now I see all these knee braces and elbow pads. And it's like, you know, if you're taught the right way, you don't need all that stuff.
0: What do you see the, the, the biggest difference in wrestling um, as a whole compared to today to compared to the time that you were wrestling? There was territories back then there's not really oh,
1: territories yeah. now uh, oh yeah that that's why there was so many guys you know um, that was wrestling because if you were the first second match it was the opener and then preliminary and and then you had the semi main and the main you know you only had and and there was a fifth match and they called it the girls match you know that was why why you know we we were only in an area or a territory for a if it was a big territory, we'd be there for two weeks because we'd do the top part of the territory and then we'd go down and do the lower part. That would be like Oklahoma. We'd be working work Oklahoma and then then go down into Louisiana and Mississippi and all. In Alabama, we we worked there for two weeks at a time. Uh, Texas, Texas, we could actually stay for three weeks because it was so big. Uh, because the funks run up north and, and Fritz ran out and, and Paul Bosch ran out. On the the East Coast, and uh, Joe Blanchard ran down south, and and Funk's uh, uh, did go to the West Coast. They did do El Paso, and then Arizona. We had a promotion, uh, so you know we the girls jumped week for week. You know we they tried to make it where we went uh, from Oklahoma into the to, to Texas and Texas and. New Mexico and Arizona. And from there you go into California and then to where you worked your way across the States. And then you you go, up, if, if you got into Canada you work your way across Canada back down and then come back down into uh, New York and, and North Carolina to where you worked your way home. Uh, so you didn't have, but my first nine months when I went out to Lillian Ellis or school there in South Carolina, uh, I was there nine months and put 98,000 miles on my car and and my car was brand new. It didn't have a mile. Well, it had about 60 miles on it from the time that my parents took it off the showroom floor and, and gave it to me there at graduation. So uh, the, the, the dealership, when I bought it whenever I, they, they picked it up there in Oklahoma. Uh, to take it back, they said, "Oh, you're gonna get a good trade-in on this." And my dad said, "Oh, I don't think so," because he said, that, "You know, ninety-eight thousand. and Well, the the guy we bought the car from, he thought it was going to be ninety-eight hundred, and when he looked, he saw that ninety-eight thousand. He he about fell over. You know, he he did not believe somebody could drive a car that far. But you know, I'd get on the east coast and have to be coming back to the west coast. I'd be up north and they'd want me down south. I you know, but I had the car, and and, and at Lillian's or at Mula's, she didn't want you to have cars to where you could go and do what you wanted. She wanted you to have to depend on the bus or the train. And then, you know, you had to ride with the guys to get you from town to town. And then, you know, then you had to call her to say, you know, to get the bus ticket or or get the train ticket for the next area that you were going. Uh, Whereas with me, we had a car, I had a car and I could go from territory to territory and and that was
0: just her way of just kind of controlling things you think
1: yes greatly you know uh because she thought my mother was going to drive her way back and then whenever i drove back to my mother to the airport and i come back and she said why didn't your mother take that car and i said that car's mine and i said i'm, I'm gonna leave you the phone number and, and she actually did not want you to have phones in the the trailers and houses that she she rented you. She wanted you to come down and have to use her phone at where everybody said to have coffee, if they had coffee in the morning with her. So she could hear what you was saying. You know, and and I said everybody would come up to me and say, can I use your phone? And and um I know I I know one girl and I know her name was Sarah and she was from I want either Rome or Athens, Georgia. I want to say Rome though. Uh, the parents were well off. They they flew her into Owens Field, which is a private uh, airport here in Columbia. And I picked her up and um, she went on the road. She wrestled as Miss Wrestling wearing all white. Uh, and uh, uh, she walked up after being on the road up in New York for three weeks, came up, came up and said, can I use your phone? I said, sure. I walked out and sat on my porch and said, Can you take me to the airport Owens in the morning at at seven o'clock? And I said, Sure. Well, I ended up driving around. Well, that afternoon we were working out and she wanted to know where Sarah was. I said, Well, she gone home, you know. And then it's like, What do you mean she's gone home? I said, Well, I took her out to Owensville this morning. She, you know, her father picked her up. I guess I thought you knew. And and then that girl left because Whenever I dropped her off, she sit there and said she wasn't going to stay up in New York and work for three weeks and, and uh, only make $37, you know. So uh, that that shows you that, you know, being up in New York for Vince, <laughs> that was one of the better paying territories. And she only made $37, you know, and then uh, so she left uh, after getting Lillian paid off. But I sit there and, you know, she said, well, why didn't you tell me? And I said, well, none of my business, you know, what goes on you, between the ones y'all use, you, 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 you know, my, my deal is, I, is in between the ring. You know, whenever I do something in the rope, if I do something wrong, you got reason to jump on me. You know, uh, if I'm driving the record, Bobby's got reason to jump on me. I said, you know, I, 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 I walked the beat of my own drum. <laughs> you know?
0: Right, and that and that might be one of the reasons why uh, you and Mula basically had a falling out, right? Because I mean,
1: oh, oh yeah. yeah, you know, she respected me; I respected her. We didn't like each other. You know, what, uh, well, what, what, you know, whatever she called in the ring, okay, uh, but, but. Uh, there was respect because of the of wrestling uh i had she had to give me the respect because i i was willing to fight that i was going to hold another job where the other girls they were afraid to get another job because mullahs told them they couldn't and i said you know that was another way that i kept her paid off of course every time i turned around she's going up on the rent so And she told me I had to move off the property and made it good for me because I was able to buy a house and get some friends that were in the military that they would come over and take care of my dog or they lived with me. They were my roommates. And, and, and they were, you know, I said, y'all take the master bedroom and all, because I'm not going to be here that often. And, and, you know, they took care of my dog when I was gone. And whenever I was gone, they'd sit there and say, well, we're going to pay the whole mortgage. We're going to pay the, The electric bill because you wasn't here at all so whenever i'd be gone for five or six months you know they were still paying everything because it was as they said their house now at moolah's if you were gone for five or six months you still paid the rent you still paid the electricity (laughs) you know you you still had all the electric bills going on and you wasn't even there
0: and what a lot of people might not know is back then when you wrestled in the in '69, the early '70s, Mula she pretty much monopolized women's oh, yeah. wrestling, right?
1: Oh yeah, and that she did. You know, if you didn't wrestle for her, you wasn't going to get very many matches, uh, or you wasn't going to wrestle at all. Uh, uh, Harley Race used Betty Nikolai and Gene Anton because they were right there in Kansas City, uh, and would work for. Uh, Bob Gunkel, you know, uh, uh, Anne Laverne and, and Marie Laverne, K. Noble, they were up around Amarillo, so they worked for the Funks a lot. Uh, so but the rest of the girls, there was 27 of us that, that were there at, at Moolah's. And I said, you could always say when she needed money because everybody would be gone. You know, I, I would end up having to cram six people in that Torino. And I finally told my parents in, in 73 that I needed a bigger car. And and they met me in Oklahoma. That's when my they got the 71 Torino. But well, it was in 72. The 73s had just came out in that September. And I got a 73 Galaxy 500 to where I could carry six people because that, putting six people in that Torino, we were like sardines. You know, you, you, I'd, I'd have to sit there and say, pack light, because my trunk is only so big.
0: What is it about wrestling that you love so much? What is it about wrestling that that it's still in your blood today after fifty three years of
1: the art of being able to to do the the when I find somebody uh, um, that can actually wrestle and we're able to do the hole for hole and move for move. Uh, and then uh they understand the top wrist lock and the, the step over toe hole and, and and the the leg scissors and and, and all uh, just you know, and, and when the fans actually see me being able to do that with somebody, you know, they get into the wrestling. You know, at first they're wanting to see the the high flying and, and all the craziness that happens with what they see with WWE. Uh, I am impressed with AEW. Or yeah, I think that's it that Cody's running because he is he letting the girls have some size to him. He's not necessarily wanting all the 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 little bitty baby dolls or the Barbie dolls. Um, but uh, I i I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the ones that truly know how to wrestle and and that there is an art to it, you know, uh, which, uh, Charlotte, I've seen her have a few matches, Ashley, uh, where she does have somebody out there where they do the, the, the wrestling and, and, and show that she knows how to, to make it, make it understand that you're staying on one part to try to injure that part instead of just flying around the ring. And then all of a sudden there's a one, two, three, which I sit there and tell people, you know, I'll get out of it when I, when it gets out of my blood, but I don't see it ever leaving my blood. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess it'll leave the blood whenever I finally find people that don't want to be trained. Uh, I had one of my young guys that, that trained and and he got him a weeks booking over in the UK. And I sit there and said, Told him, I said, "You better hang on and hang on fast, because you're going to be running from one train to the next. Very seldom will you get to a motel, because they're going to use y'all as the Americans coming over there fighting the their guys, and y'all are going to be sleeping on the train or sleeping on a bus to to go from ring to ring." And when he came back, he sat there and said, "I was exactly right that uh, that." but that he had a, it was an experience that he wouldn't give up you know that it was one that was well learned and that's going to make you feel
0: good when you're you're passing on the the art of professional wrestling right
1: oh yeah you know i i've even tried and to help some kids that are artistic you know i had one kid that couldn't remember left or right and and we had to wrap a band around his his left arm to where he would know which was his left arm. You know, we had a bandana. I I I work with anybody that's trying to to willing to do, you know, and and of course he he decided to drop out of wrestling and 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 got into the to to boxing, you know, and and has ended up doing very well in boxing because it, it then all he's got to do is remember basically protect your head and, and swing the punches. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Well, coming down to the end of our interview, what would you like to say to the fans who are listening to this and and what would you like your legacy to be years after you've stepped away from wrestling if you ever do that?
1: I'm gonna leave my bucket empty. my my bucket I, I've done everything that I've wanted to do i've I don't have anything that I wish to do, so uh, you know i've I just hope that I'm able to pass on and and see that, and I and I have been told that wrestling will come back in ten years to where they're going to be fighting like we did back in the '60s. I I just you know it's going to be a while before. I I wish the promotions would come back to where it would give the men and women a fairer shot at being able to wrestle, but I don't see that happening for a while. But but that would be. When I tell everybody that my bucket list is empty, they say, "Well, make another one." And I said, "Oh no, <laughs> I want to keep it empty. That way, I can engrave it on my headstone that I've left the world with an empty bucket. <laughs> uh, there's not anything that I wanted to do, and there's not anything that I haven't got to do. That that and it, and it all comes from wrestling. You know, which a lot of people don't know. I I met, met Queen Elizabeths. You know, I I. Met a lot of senators and congressmen because of wrestling whenever was wrestling up in D.C. It, it is amazing who you can meet if you put in the right position.
0: Well, thank you very much, Susan. I have enjoyed talking to you today. I thank you so much for giving me your time. And I just want to let you know that you are welcome to come back
1: anytime. I, I do it anytime you need me, Benny. And you have a happy birthday.
0: Thank you very much
1: you bet
0: (laughs) you're listening to the russellville podcast where wrestling lives have you ever wondered what happened to lance von eric find out in his book lance by chance wrestling as a von eric you'll read stories about chris adams rick flair and billy jack haynes and of course the von eric family themselves get your book today on amazon PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo for all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news. Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC. Listen to J.D., I'm Barris, and Logan talk about, about wrestling news, news, reviews, in-depth, in-depth conversations, conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear and you will Ring the bell radio. We call it in the ring.